And we're recording. So, hey, this is going to be a podcast that me and Miles have spoken about in the past, but obviously with everything going on right now, we're going to work on getting more content out and getting different guests so we can get all levels of fitness in between the two of us. So this podcast is basically just going to be explaining a bit about me and Miles, very personal trainers, and then have a bit of an insight into what we've done in the past and what we're working towards in the future. And then we'll obviously work towards more topics in the future. So I think this is a bit more of an interesting way of doing it instead of just sitting there having to read someone's like opening Instagram post. Because I feel like every PT is at one point gone. I need to write that I'm a PT. I'm a level three. So I think this is going to be a bit more casual. Probably the best way to say. Yeah, I think, yeah. A little introduction about me. A little introduction about Mike. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> like I, we've tried to have discussions in the past, and I think we've tried to be serious, but then we get to a point where we're like, oh, do, 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 do. I'm hungry, and I want some food and stuff. So let's go. Let's go. I'll let you start. I was that kid who was quite chubby. Got picked in um, the last when it comes to football. Uh, it actually, my little fun little fact is, I actually didn't have that much of a sporting background. Um, my background was mainly art, so it was a fine art degree. Um, it wasn't until kind of my late years of being a teenager that I started really enjoying football. Um, it wasn't until I was actually 17 until I started actually weight training. Randa used to be a bodybuilder. So I used to train in his little room slash gym, whatever you want to call it. Was it a shed? Huh? It wasn't a shed. I feel like everyone's got like that shed sort of experience once in their life. Yeah. Took me to a dark alley. No, um, <laughs> so literally, yeah, so literally in his house, he had a little room, they had a little few ways, barbells, all the old stuff he used to have in his old gym. And I used to train in there three times a week. Um, from that, sparked this kind of quest for knowledge i wanted to get myself a lot fitter i wanted to in a way i wanted to impress the women that's what i wanted to do as a young child you were the you were the one that had spent the friday afternoons curling for an hour straight just so they get ready for the weekend you name it um but in a way i wanted to look better as all young teenagers wanted to do so that's what i did i I researched from people YouTube, research a lot of myself, and when it came to uni, there was a point where it's just the focus started switching. I enjoyed fitness more than I did with art. Uh, once uni came to an end, um, I decided to take that route. And to be honest, if anything, it's probably been the most easiest journey I've probably ever had. Yeah, there's been ups and downs and stuff like that, but. It's, it's felt right in a way. It's not always been like, oh, do I really want to do this? Do I want to quit? Yeah, there's been hard days, but I'm sitting now happily enjoying um, talking about my experience in fitness, which is something that if you asked a 13-year-old Miles would have done, he probably would have laughed with a pizza in his hand or something like that. But 
Yeah, exactly. That, I mean, like, that Saturday night, Top Gear, big Chicago town pizza with a big pack of Doritos. That was my Saturday evening. Nothing much That's is not really. my ideal night now, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get in that boat. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like my kind of showcase of background. Obviously, time goes on, you'll probably learn a little bit more about my background a bit more. Um, but yeah, that's a kind of general overview of it. Yeah, so you're a level five, like, profit uh, yeah, PT yeah. out I'm, of I'm Congo. Work for um, profit personal training. Um, it's kind of a company um, that helps, well, very new PTs getting offices in the business and obviously grow into their um, career, um, which I can very say they have. They've, they've done a really good job with me and stuff like that, especially when I was quite new into the business. Um, so I currently work in Jim Setra in Congleton. As Mike's just said to me, I'm a level five PT there. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I think it's one of the biggest things, and especially, I know I know that myself now because I've I've only been qualified with your help anyway for about what would you say three four weeks. Yeah, three weeks. Yeah, I think so. So um, I think taking that jump in the first time for any PT is going to be like. Oh, I've been like, up to the point where you're like, oh yeah, I'm learning, 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 and then you just get thrown in, and you you've got to figure it out from there. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I probably would say I was quite lucky in the sense that when I first started, I had a lot of people around me. We've obviously got my team, and I'm very proud to be a part of. Obviously got mentoring bosses and stuff like that um, so I had a lot of support um, and yeah it was scary like being a new PT in an, an industry when everyone knows you as the guy who paints portraits and landscapes um, can be quite overwhelming I'd, obviously when I first started my job I only had a barista job at MS, so I had a lot of people a lot of pressure uh, asking me like how am I going to make it? How my family like going behind my back and getting me involved with interviews with jobs? Um, so the first month of the job, it was it wasn't easy. The slightest, I didn't pick anyone up. Worked very long hours. I worked pretty enough from like six thirty when the gym started to ten o'clock at night when it closed. Um, and if it wasn't for a last holiday that I had in Copenhagen, uh, which it nearly didn't go to. I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now two years later. Um, but yeah, just got good fortunes after that. Um, obviously, I met some amazing people past that time. Got some amazing clients right now that I'm working really hard with. Obviously, this whole roller virus business at the moment. Is <laughs> obviously, you know, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's 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 put an effect on not just also PTs around the world, but everyone's, in a way, fitness journeys and all eyes. It's going to be a tough time for everyone. So, yeah. 
I just I just sit and watch the world at the minute, and I'm just like mentally everyone's struggling because they just don't know what to do, and they're just physically just like I have to sit at home. All people have to do is sit at home, and that they can't do it. And it, I just, I don't understand why they find it so hard. Like some people have literally lost their jobs for this, and then some people are now getting paid. Is it eighty percent? I know. So people who are employed are getting eighty percent. So obviously, if you do quick maths, if you're getting sixty k a year, that's forty eight grand of your pay. And there's me on ninety five pound a week. Yay! <laughs> and now I haven't even applied for that yet. But so that, that's what really what annoys me when people like say that personal training isn't a real job. Have you heard that? Have you had that yet? I've heard that, and obviously I've heard people say it's a luxury and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> My very experience of job is we've got an opportunity to give value, to change people's lives, change their perception of themselves. Very sounds very cheesy and stuff like that, but we are. We're, we're more than just people who just give them a workout and tell them to do three sets of eight. Um, I only do three sets of five because I can only probably count up to about five anyway before messing up. Um, but yeah, we... We obviously, we give them a lot of advice. We help them with experiences that they're dealing with. It's almost like counselling at times. Yeah, I think um, more than just an hour a week. That I think a lot of people are just like... You're doing your job by an hourly rate. Mm. Uh, and what I mean by that is if you talk to them when they're in the sessions to when they go back home and you don't talk to them until the next time you see them, you're doing your job wrong. That is it. You need to be... Constantly talking. I'm not talking always talking to them and stuff like that, but making sure that you obviously you, you give you give as much as you possibly can. So messages, bit of knowledge there and then, um, but also as well, um, you need to obviously be that part. You need to be stuff like training stuff, eating the right foods, practice what you preach. That's always been a strong statement of mine. Um, I know, obviously, a lot of people, let's say the personal trainers down in my gym get a lot of slack like that because they're big power lifters and they don't, obviously, when you look at her and you don't think to yourself, mm. oh, someone that would be a personal trainer. I've obviously had that in the past, but, I mean, for me, especially in my, especially in my history and uh, past about it, is no matter where you come from when it comes to knowledge, if you're willing to put the time in, willing to put the work in, um, and you're willing to obviously put the effort to obviously learn and really help people, then yeah, of course you, you can be a great personal trainer and stuff like that. And even two years later down the line, I'm nowhere near. The more I learn, the more I realise like I know. <laughs> it's just like. What? There's so much knowledge out there and stuff like that. So if someone says they know it all after two years, they're bullshitting. Yeah. What is the saying? The older you get, the less you know. Exactly. If you stop learning, you've already got one foot in the grave. Like, I think there's a load of cliche sort of like messages you can get from like the industry. And it's a lot of people saying like, if you don't move forward, you're going to fall behind. Because, like, obviously... All of the cliches. Full of them. Absolutely full of them. Like, there, will be, there won't be a day or a podcast, shall we say, where I don't bring a cliche out. 
<laughs> I might as well write my own book. Like he's looking down here now, and he's just got a list of quotes that he's like, "Oh yeah." Exactly. Look at my stuff. I've got like sheets and everything of it and stuff like that. It's all waiting for me. The only problem is I'm dyslexic and I can't read them. It just. But no, I think. There's a lot that I think a lot of people don't understand with the fact that a PT is there and they're going to be there. But then you also can't get fit training one hour a week. Yeah, exactly. Like, obviously, when I first signed up a client, I always recommend two times a week. Yeah. And I obviously get to see them a little bit more. Two, digging obviously the importance of training regularly. Um, I do have some clients who are obviously who are once a week, obviously due to obviously things like financial reasons. They one, they can obviously do things by themselves and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like you've got to if you do if you're training with someone once a week and all that, you've got to make sure they can be doing it six hundred times in a week. Like and they're not going to get results if well, they're not going to get mega results. If they're doing it once time a week and stuff like that, it's got to be a full time effort when it comes to especially fitness, especially stuff like weight loss goals and stuff like that. Like, you hear it every day that one day can ruin the entire week's progress, and it is very true. But it's not the other way around. One day of really good stuff is going to make a massive difference. It's going to make a difference, but it's not making a massive difference. Um, I think it's also the, the perception of what a coach will provide to you. So, like, obviously, if you can judge your intensity and you judge your reps to what you think you can do, but a, a coach can look at you and say, well, obviously, your form's dropped a bit and your intensity's dropped. And realistically, you could do a lot more here, but because in your head you're like, ah, I feel like I've done enough, you're well, going to stop. Yeah, as humans, we're naturally inclined to do the least. We obviously... Um, we obviously as human beings follow the path of the path of least resistance so technically we always try to go to human, just naturally human beings yeah. um, so yeah we probably would, when we stop we always probably could do probably one, two, three times of reps um, and you do get that quite a bit you do get a lot of people especially like let's say women for example you tell them to go and do right. Come on, let's go do two more reps. And they're like, ah, oh, no, no, I can't. And you can, you just don't want to. Sometimes we do five or six. It's just like it's just a nature, and it's not just women; it's men as well. But yeah. just like obviously, women is a, a very good example because we've got this very split in the industry right now, where we're getting a lot of like young females bringing a lot of fitness and stuff like this into like a bringing a massive community. Um, and on the other side, you've got females who want to tone. I mean, the word tone just does my head and so it just doesn't exist. You either build muscle, clearly, like, it's just, it's, yeah, just people are scared to look like men. But yet the women who do look like men, not saying that they do, um, have had tens of years of experience on them and stuff like that. And muscle development is a very slow process. Very slow process. And potentially some addictions uh, 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 to the group. 
Sorry, I didn't catch any of it. I literally was frozen the red. <laughs> so, like, an injection of some degree, potentially. Oh, yeah, like, the amount of, like, when you see things like, I'm going on the rant here, like, when you see things on magazines and stuff like that, and you get people like, I want to look like that. I was like, good, mate. Well, he's just done three months of dieting just for that photo. And that woman, she's probably had, like, breast implants and yeah. it's done and stuff like that. So, if you want to look like that, good on you. But it's not... believe everything you see. Exactly. Like, in the fitness industry and stuff like that, there's, there's a lot of mid-less information. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, even the stuff that's obviously been found truth and stuff, we can't just go, yeah, that's right, because it's the way it is. We've got to challenge it as personal trainers, obviously, to be able to apply to us, to apply to ourselves. Um, I've had very, very noticed that obviously now we've gone from my experience to me ranting a hell of a lot. This is, this is what the podcast, I feel, is going to be like. They will, like, what, into a podcast. People are going to get very bored of that. No, like, I think, I mean, I want to try and follow more of a hypertrophy, so, like, building muscle. Or, like, when you're in, like, a bodybuilding kind of industry where the focus is, on, like, not how hard you're training, but are you natty or not. So if you're not here natty, it's basically just meaning you're natural. Or if have they been taking steroids? And the fact that like some people will lie, like a lot, a lot of people will be honest about it, which I do like nowadays. Like in the past, they've been like, no, 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 stepped on stage or been completely natural. I mean, you can definitely tell they haven't. Yeah, that's, that comes down from an insecurity. And obviously, I'm, I'm not go there, but that's that's a <laughs> okay. that's, I could be here for hours. <laughs> With Mona Barba, but um, obviously bodybuilding is a is a is a massive massive thing. Um, it's been around for ages and stuff. I even like for example, like obviously I mentioned before, but my grandpa being involved with it. And yeah. when I first started training, he obviously offered me steroids if I wanted to take it and stuff like that. And now clearly by these gains, I've definitely not taken it. Um, Miles, you're not going to make it naturally. You need to do it. No, exactly. Definitely not. But for someone who's definitely moved my practice from, like, say, like a bodybuilder who wants to get, like, for example, the guns, the abs, the massive chest, to awesome. someone who wants to look at performance, so stuff like, obviously, how much weight can I actually put on this bar while safely loaded it? Yeah. How fast can I run? How obviously, obviously, now I'm playing a lot more football, so obviously for me, I've got to have a look at these power outlooks and stuff like that. So that's where obviously now you'll probably see a different communication style when it comes to obviously, let's say myself compared to you, Mike. Yeah. Because um, you're very into that kind of bodybuilding and stuff like that. I think it is important though for like the functional kind of thing. Like I have been looking a bit more towards it in terms of like conditioning because yeah. I think a lot of people try and neglect it, especially when. They're looking at something like a contact. I'm not saying like football's a contact sport, but if you looked at something else, and if you said, I just want to be big and be able to, like rugby, so like, I just want to be big so I can take people down. It's like, yeah, you might be 20 stone of solid muscle, but you've literally got no like power output and you can't move yourself when you need to. It's like if you had 
it's like a lot of the New Zealand rugby players, and like you'll see that they're massive, but they can shift as well, and that's how that's deadly. And there is a correlation between strength and size, and not always one on one. Yeah. Uh, but going back to what you said about, let's say, functional, like the word functional can sometimes be taken not out of content, but can be very used in a very, I can't, can't think of the word, but um, let's say, for example, let's say someone like your average Joe and stuff like that. Yeah. Doing machine work will be functional for him because he's very new to training. But let's say someone like, let's say a, a professional athlete and stuff like that, they're going to have to do stuff that's going to take a second of their sprint speed or an extra weight off their squats and stuff like that. So the word functional is very different from every person and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like as much as it is to each person, yeah, you've got to kind of look at obviously what sport they're doing, what activity levels they're at, where they're at in their career. Um Again, I've gone off on a little bit of a tangent again and stuff like that. Um, Welcome to Miles. Welcome <laughs> to Miles. This is how my head works. I go around the roots when you just wanted a straightforward answer. Um, but yeah, exactly. Like It's going to be different for every single person and stuff like that. Like, their training levels are going to be different. Therefore, their training is going to be a little bit different. Their nutrition might be a little bit different. So, in a way, you've got to treat everyone like an individual. Everyone's going to have different problems. Everyone's going to have different strengths. Um, For any people that are new to the gym or anything like this, if you see a workout on Instagram or anything like that, and it's like telling you to do this, 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 and it's been sent out to their millions of followers, don't follow it. Because, one, you might be on a different goal than them, and two, you might be working to a completely different like aspect in terms of training. If they're training to like a one rep max, but you're working to hypertrophy, you you've got completely different aspects of what you actually need to be doing. Yeah, but also also as well, like I think if people want to build muscle, they're not going to be tend to looking at one rep maxes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just going to see someone that's jacked. Back to the old discussion. If they've been on steroids and they're like doing this and they're like, oh yeah, I'm just going to do a one rep max to see my strength and someone else sees it and be like, oh, look at the size of them and they're doing a one rep max. I'm going to do a one rep max. Like, you need to figure out like where you are and where you want to be in terms of your training to then progress. And at the same time as well, the only way you're going to learn is through experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, before the place that I was at now, Yes, I've done a deadlift wrong. Yes, I've done a squat wrong. I've definitely done a shoulder press wrong. Um, I've had yeah, exactly. Like we've all done things wrong in the gym and stuff. And we've all been that one person that everyone's looked at and know what the fuck is he doing? So, deadlift in this one place. Like we've all done that. Um, you might not, Mike, because you're an expert and stuff like that, but. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I think when I think I started training, probably at the first year of uni, 
like resistance training. So I used to be a long distance runner before that. So probably about 18 and I was there and obviously go in, you see what you can see on like Facebook and all Instagram. And I was like trying to chest press 10 kilograms and I'd see the person next to me doing like 35 and I'd just feel about that big. And like, that's when a lot of people are like, well, if he could do that, maybe I could do that. And then either cause an injury or just the self-esteem gets knocked. Ego. Yeah. 100%. And then they get the, like, the rep ranges where it's like this. And I'm just like, you're really not going to make anything to that. It does anger me sometimes when like people will just follow what someone else does in the gym. So it's like, if you've got Beryl and she still sees someone doing a clean and jerk, she's not going to be like, oh, you know what? I fancy that. Really take it. I want to take that on. But it's like, no. Like, your real main focus should be, like, fall prevention. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, though, like, going on to, again, obviously, the nature of our jobs as well. When we've got someone who comes up to us and goes, oh, I want to clean and press. Um, first of all, we we shouldn't be saying to them, well, you can't do that. Yeah. But I think and to go back to what you were saying before, if someone's doing a particular thing that they like and they look the particular way that they want to like, they're going to follow them. Naturally, yeah. I've done I've done people like that with Jeff Nifford. I've done that with Petunian Physique. I've done that with Christian Guzman. I've done it with a lot of YouTubers. So for someone not to follow it, I, I, would, I would probably say go for it. Take what they say, do it, learn from it, put it into your own practice. Um, I think it depends on yourself. Like I, I think I uh, say that I think a lot of lads will know like Jeff Nippard, and like he has a very like scientific approach. So obviously, we've discussed in the past of like the full body routines and all this, and he will actually back it with science. Yeah, and he'll be like, okay, this is why we do this, and I, that that's what I'm moving more towards now, in terms of like trying to learn exercise mechanics and that kind of thing instead of just saying this is why we do this or the other day where I was using resistance bands for weighted dips and like I can see a lot of people probably looking at the exercise and being like this makes no sense at all but realistically in the scientific aspects and fatigue it's a completely different ball game to just use my plate so for me for me science rules instead of like just seeing someone that's got results wants to hear after us probably ranting for a good half an hour is go try stuff learn it put it into practice nice and easy find what you like do it safely <laughs> enjoy yourself <laughs> do what you like <laughs> break your back recover from your back injury and they do the same shit again. Do something different. Yeah, no, but like you'll probably get to a point where, look, you know, like you know, lad, Yeah, everyone's going to make mistakes. It is yeah. a natural. Word. We fail more than we succeed. So therefore, for me, you trying to avoid to trying to make mistakes and stuff like that in a way is um, is avoiding your way of trying to learn process. You're trying to be the safe bet. Oh, I'm going to get two things. The worst thing you can do as well is compare yourself 
to someone's year 10. That's the worst thing. Yeah, 100%. Let's say, like, the three YouTubers that we've mentioned, or even, for example, ourselves. Look at someone when they were at your time. So, for example, if you just started, look at them when they first started training. Yeah. Five years down the line, look at them when they're at the five years. Obviously, yeah, look at them now because they've got a lot of the knowledge and experience. Um, but you don't want to be going and especially if you're putting a negative spin on that and you're going, no, I can't do this, I can't do that. How can I dare to look like that? It's like, don't put into perspective and stuff like that. Also as well, if you're someone like, say, my height, which was 5'8", and you're comparing yourself to a genetic guy who's Six foot four, yeah. Then obviously you're not going to be able to compare yourself and stuff like that because different things are happening, muscle length, levers, tension, all that malarkey and stuff like that. Yeah. So I just feel like though, if you do have someone at sixteen, and like obviously we're both under the understanding that like when you're at a younger age and you you're a beginner, you've got a lot of a higher chance of building muscle quicker than someone that's experienced. Newbie Say again. Newbie gains. <laughs> Newbie gains. So yeah, I just feel like if you were in a position where you weren't shy in the fact that you do want to learn and not like the naive. I mean, I can admit myself that I was naive when I first started training because you just see what you see and you think that you know stuff. But if I knew what I knew now, back then, I don't know where I'd be now. I think I'd be... A, a lot further ahead. But then obviously as well, to the new people just started, this is obviously a counter argument to what you said before. If they don't go out and research and do their experience and stuff like that, that by the time they get to that in a minute phase where they had a little bit of experience and stuff like that, they probably might be a few steps back to where they are right now. So I'm not saying it in the respect of don't go out and look like do bad things or like try and fail. I'm saying you can try and fail, but then try and like work it more into what you want. So if I'm saying if you needed a chronic, I'll go back to one of my experiences. If you need chronic stimulus, but obviously you need the recovery time, which is obviously a, a key factor. I remember I always used to follow like chest day on a Monday. And then foolishly, I thought I could do shoulders on a Tuesday. But I didn't really know what fatigue was because my sessions, in terms of intensity, were just not there. And I'd hit, like, legs once a week and, like, back, arms on a day. I mean, they have got a place within training, but for me now, like, in terms... I'm on an upper-lower... Well, trying to be on an upper-lower split right now with everything going on. And I felt... Obviously, this will be the hypertrophy podcast. Progressions for me were a lot better now that I have the science back behind it. I have what I understand is intensity. And I could throw that. If I threw that back in to when I was younger, the progressions I could have made would have been a lot more severe. Yeah, but that's, that's like saying a lot of things and stuff like that. Like, there's no point. Yeah, you probably would make more games anyone. If I made, if I just started with the knowledge I do now, definitely would have been a lot better yeah. in regard to where I am. But looking at that kind of approach, it's for me that's kind of I wouldn't say pointless, but 
it's you you you're just not gonna know. You if you're a beginner, you know everything. You're gonna either drop out very quickly and get bored very very easily, or it's just you're not gonna work your hardest and you're not gonna reach that potential. Where if you're like let's say for example, which most case people are the chubby kid at school, aka me. Um, when they've got that motivation and they're driving, everyone's kind of telling them, no, don't do it, you know, right? you're never going to be this, you're never going to be that. There's this kind of fire in the belly to therefore go it and do it. So, exactly. Um, but that, this, uh, that would probably be an interesting thing to talk about is when would you probably say in the tra- training years that you've had now, when would you say it's probably been the turning point when things started kind of going well for you? Or have they not gone well for you? You're still going. So I, I think this is probably best for me to jump in in terms of my experience as well and like where I've been because then I can obviously cue it into what this is. So like, I was so set on being like a PE teacher growing up, and then I went through uni, did did sports at uni, and then did a placement year, and I was just like, it's just not for me anymore. Floated around. And then I worked as a sport instructor on cruise ships for three years. And this was obviously a variety of different stuff. But then by that point, I'd obviously been in resistance training whilst I was at uni. And then went to like the limiting, like, <laughs> what are you doing? But yeah, anyway, so I did three years on ships with like limited training and like talking no barbell it was like a smith machine in one of the gyms on one of the ships and then like the dumbbells went up to about 35 kilograms but obviously my exercise selection back then was very limited and my knowledge of exercise selection i didn't understand like the processes of how you could like hit your back and your lats differently than just a a lat pull down didn't understand like the importance of grip so I think if I knew a bit more about that, so obviously going back to that question you've just said, like as soon as I left ships and then I worked for my protein for a bit and then I'm back at an original job, now PT as well. <laughs> Not anymore. Um, so yeah, I think the turning point for me was understanding that the restriction on equipment sort of opened my eyes a bit to what you can actually do with a limited range. And then it sort of opened my eyes and made me more curious on what you can actually do. Because obviously, if you looked at legs, for me, when I was training legs, I had all I'd know really is a squat, a leg extension, calf raises, and hamstring curl. <laughs> when I was a kid, I didn't even know what leg training was. It was all off a of body for me. Shoulders yeah. every day. I, I'd like I'd skip leg day, and I was only doing leg day once a week, and I was like, no wonder I've got tiny pins. Oh, mm. So I'm oh. <laughs> he shoots his shot. So I, I now I came home, and now I'm like I'm on Bulgarian split squat, split squats, RDLs, like all the access. Not I wouldn't even say accessory work. This is like main compound movements that are pretty big in terms of getting 
now like localizing biomechanical range and that kind of aspect yeah i'm actually really enjoying training again like i think i I got because i hit a plateau with what i could physically lift in the gyms whilst i was away i sort of lost a bit of interest with it and i got into the sort of beach training so i'd just be doing abs every other session and i'd spend 20 minutes doing abs i've never done abs anymore i just don't do it so yeah I've been off ships two years in the summer this year. Uh, so two years has been like the main turning point for me. Very cool. That was well, a very well, long day. Well, you have anyone like, for example, anyone that you, let's say like a training partner. For example, when I first started training, I, I was lucky in the fact that I had a grandad who kind of taught me the basics of everything that I can kind of know. Yeah. Uh, which obviously spurred me on because it kind of gave me that little bit of a ledge where I had a little bit of knowledge and had someone with a lot more knowledge teaching me about these little things. So until the time I knew myself, I kind of started to develop things already. Hey, mm. that's a no. I don't know what happened and I literally just blinked. But yeah, no, it's training early is important but then i think you don't really know what you're trying to achieve yeah. i think to uh, what, what i was trying to ask you was did you have like a training partner someone who was probably a little bit more experienced than you did when you first started training no so you're on your own pretty much i mean no i saying that no i had like a couple of mates like and we went through that experience of being in like one of them really grotty gyms and like if you went in in the middle of winter like the plates would be ice cold so that sort of experience and I didn't really know I was just following their lead because I really didn't know and I, it was it was basic training but then I'd be like just getting exhausted every session but then I'd be hitting like chest three times a week but only his chest. I wouldn't be doing any shoulder work, no back, like legs. I can't even remember doing legs at that gym. That's how bad it was. Wow, wow. Now, obviously, I do. <laughs> oh, no. <So>, yeah. <laughs> but even now, like 9.9 times out of 10, I will train alone because I prefer being in my own thoughts to being like, right, I know what I'm doing. Do you log? Do you log book or no? Yeah, I, I use a log book. I mean, if anyone, if you're not logging your training, you're doing it wrong. You know, like you've got to track your training progress. You're yeah. gonna find it more entertaining when you hit, like for example, like PRs, PBs, and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but it keeps you accountable. Like if you're just going in there to lift few weights and stuff like that, you're not gonna make at least half of the gains you could be making if you were following. A structured program where you get, like, for example, like one of us, for example, putting you through something that's going to get you from point A to point B. Um, so, yeah, so I think after all that massive rant, uh, obviously trying to discuss who we are, and obviously at the same time, um, 
why we do our jobs and stuff like that. The main kind of thing to kind of take away from all of this is we're technically just two guys who just love training. Yeah, I think I think that was the thing that drew me in the most. Yeah. I love to train, and a little bit back on the logbook sort of thing. I nothing excites me more than going in knowing I need to do an exercise and I need to hit a number on an exercise. Like I will, I'll drive to the gym and I'll be like, right, today is the day that I beat this number. And if that doesn't fire you up enough on its own, you're not going to enjoy training as much. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is a very good point to end things off on. Yeah. Um, we're pretty enough nearly an hour. I mean, bloody hell. <laughs> we're on 40 minutes. I've got the recording on. I thought we already had 20 minutes of things to talk about. Well, mate, we'll go on for hours if we wanted to. That's why we got to break it up. Exactly. But um, yeah, this is going to be my first time of closing things up. But um, hope you enjoyed our little two little chat. Um, hope you kind of took a few things away from this. If you didn't, don't come back. Um, <laughs> or tune in next time. We might have some more. <laughs> But yeah, but hopefully now with more episodes coming on, but obviously we'll be able to put more topics in the place, have a little bit more structure. Like we said beforehand, this kind of thing was just more or less us kind of talking about our experience, why we like training, why we're doing it. Um, just a general conversation. So if you like this, great. If you didn't, great as well, yeah, I guess. Next time. <laughs> nice one, mate. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, we'll see you guys very, very soon. Ta-ta. Yeah. So, just to follow on from what Miles has ended with, hopefully, we, we obviously will be having a lot of the discussions ourselves with topics, but we do know a couple of people that we want to bring on as guests. So, if this if this sort of talk isn't good for you, like obviously, we're going to be involving more. Just like speak to a few more people on different aspects. Because we, I mean... In terms of straight off my head, we know strongman competitors, physiotherapists, Pilates instructors. So we want to bring as much variety as we can and hopefully educate you, especially during this time when you might not be going very far and you might get bored very quickly. So I know this is generally why we started this, but hopefully if this goes well and a lot of people, a lot of people enjoy it, we'll carry it on. Agreed? I guess I'll sleep with you for another hour. <laughs> we'll just find random people, random PTs that'll be like, right, George, of course, today. Right, guys, that's all sorted out. See you next time. Peace. The universe.